Hey, what's happening, everybody? You're listening to the 300th episode of the Super Mercado Bros Video Game Music Podcast. This is the podcast where we share and discuss the very best in video game music. Thanks so much for joining us for this very special 300th episode. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. And in sort of Mercado tradition, every 100 episodes, we are delighted to be joined by our third brother, Marty Brueggemann. Hey, guys, what an occasion. Thanks for coming back. Has it? It hasn't been a hundred episodes since you've no, been on. No, no, right? no. I've been on a couple times this year. Okay, yeah. It's been <laughs> yeah, a long less than time. Usual, I think. Do you remember the last episode? That I think it was a on? show and tell that we did. Show and tell. Yeah, 21. I think we did the oh, first okay. three-person show and tell, which wow. was probably a half of a half a year ago. Yeah, as I was editing long time. the sort of montage that we're going to be playing later of the last hundred episodes, there was only two times I noticed that Marty came on the podcast. One was when we did the um, Super Mario Brothers NES trilogy, uh, and the other was, was I think, yeah, episode. that Show and Tell 21. So it's well, kind of crazy. When we played the David Wise episode, we had a little bit of all of our voices. That's true. That's true. Yeah. It's definitely way less this year than it typically has been. I think some, some it must be part of our schedules. I'm not sure what what the reason but we've gotten marty you should know we've gotten a lot of emails wondering oh, when's no. marty going to be back on the <laughs> oh, podcast so well, I, I need to make a make a point about being on more often but i think part of that is because uh the marcado brothers network sort of was born and has really blossomed that's true. this year yeah, yeah marty has multiple other podcasts on the marcado brothers network so he's busy that's the real answer there yeah so we have kind of a whole web of podcast content out there for yeah. you guys now so and, you guys yeah. might remember but every hundred episodes uh, this is the third time we've done this uh, it's kind of a tradition we like to have a little celebration a stroll through memory lane uh, talking about some of our favorite memories of the podcast playing some of our favorite podcast music and just having having a good time so that we have a, cu- a couple of fun segments we're gonna get to some questions from you guys uh, we're gonna do a name another name that tune that I created for Marty and will so that's nice. gonna be a lot of fun what you guys just heard uh, do you guys have any idea what what we just heard what do you think you just heard i imagine that's from some sort of like uh, remix collection or like some i don't know snes mario fan game or something because they're taking the theme from super mario 3d world and doing it on a super nintendo yeah it's actually flattering i think yeah it's just a youtube uh musician his name is jimmy 52905 (laughs) and he just made an snes uh remix of the super mario 3d world theme with the yoshi's island sound you know it reminds me of a hundred episodes ago when you played the gusty garden yeah i was looking for something similar to that and actually later on today there's going to be another fun cover that i'm excited to share with you guys so so kind of the order of the events here today we're going to play a few more tracks that have special significance for various reasons of our podcast and then i think we're going to move on to the next segment so let's do that this one is is kind of important this comes to us from first time we played this will was i believe episode five which Mm. was the bonus was that the bonus stage or was it four Um, wow. It was four or five. We had a bonus stage episode, <laughs> and this was one of the most exciting discoveries. We had never heard this before, and we discovered it. It's from DK King of Swing. Do you remember this? I well, do for the remember Game Boy this. Advance, it's fantastic. Wow. Do you remember this, Marty? I, no, yeah, I absolutely. So this is the this bonus episode. stage theme, and I haven't listened to this for years. So this will be kind <laughs> of nostalgic. This is composed by Takashi Koga. Let's take a listen to the bonus stage from DK King of Swing. Thank you. 
You guys oh, are listening boy, to Bonus Stage, yeah. Charmer. DK King of Swing. It's so adorable. I remember yeah. we talked about on the first episode we played it uh, that there's almost like SNES vibes with the strings, um, but it's just even more compressed than, right. than the Super Nintendo. It's yeah. just a delightful, very nostalgic. It, in some ways, it's kind of a tearjerker. Maybe it's just because I'm thinking about the old memories of the podcast, but it's, sure. it's a wonderful little song. I think I may have said it on that episode all those years ago, but it really reminds me of Sonic. It, it has sort of a sonic Ooh, quality like to the progression, and especially that sort of counter melody that comes in in the final section. That's very like Sonic 3 staff roll. When it goes that minor three chord, I get like a Michael Land, End of Monkey Island vibe. Just for, you know, just for a moment. I don't know, and it's like this Nintendo meets LucasArts for me. That's cool. What was the last time you listened to this track, Will? Can you remember? I remember listening to it uh, a number of, year- of years ago, and I think there have maybe been a couple points where we I might have re-listened it. to old podcast episodes. And then I think when I was doing the Scrubbing Down Memory Lanes um, for episode 100 uh, right. a couple years ago, or I guess at that point it was like four years ago, I remember going back to this and hearing, you know, because whenever I do those, I have to listen to the last hundred episodes yeah because it was almost two years since our episode 200 yeah you know what's great each of these uh centennial episodes Mm -hmm. have been at uh carl's home and it's been a different home yeah that's true that is true we did the episode 100 at my apartment my one bedroom right which will and myself that's where we started the podcast we recorded that a lot of memories we recorded in my bedroom for two years maybe a long time until every once in a while in the living room that was an episode we recorded in my living room and then episode 200 was in the last house that i was in and then this episode is in my current place so yeah so hopefully you know for episode 400 you're living in kind of like a A mansion yeah an opulent (laughs) kind of uh, peaches castle resort yeah a (laughs) villa (laughs) all right let's play another track here and this one i'm excited to to share with you guys um, I have a really good memory of us recording a Greatest Hits episode sure. in a hotel in MAGFest the first oh, year we went to MAGFest. Fun. Do you yeah, remember that? That was a blast. I think like the night before we we had we all like rated all these tracks from the right. previous mm-hmm. year right. and we recorded it and, and it was a fun episode. This was one of the tracks that was in that episode and it just kind of reminds me of, of that first MAGFest. Sure. Do you remember sort of the, the stressful thing that happened on your, that episode? Your laptop. Yeah, my laptop. Screwed like, up. Screwed up, and all the audio was like kind of damaged. We had to for some ADR certain reactions of, of you. So <laughs> right. this is from Voodoo Vince. Do you guys remember oh, this game? This is terrific. A yeah. great Xbox score by Steve Kirk, which has a wonderful kind of gypsy jazz sound. Let's take a listen to Main Street. fun is this this is main street from voodoo vince uh, xbox game by steve kirk boy it really gets that good uh yeah even even in the years (laughs) since 
we haven't heard anything that's quite nailing this oh, particular gosh. vibe. Yeah, there's definitely right. been certain times when they go back to this gypsy jazz sound, but everything about this is just perfect. I mean, first of all, whoever this violinist is, knocking it out of the park, wonderful right. expression, wonderful tone, right. like a, a great improviser. Kind of you can tell a lot of this is just a solo, but the composed lines sound soloistic and sure. the line is blurred from like what is composed what is not composed i have no idea it's all just this one very impressive um experience just listening you know, to this, this reminds me of um one of the things that's so great about video game music uh i'm lately so focused on film music and film composers right and you know it's pretty rare i think um in film music to have someone send up a style or pastiche something really well if i can mm. say that kind of frankly and maybe part <laughs> of that is um because the demands of a film are usually pretty varied and so uh, a big production is looking to a big name seasoned composer who can handle sort of any kind of sequence not just maybe a pastiche style right but video games i think is still a domain where you can get these projects like voodoo vince like cuphead that are so focused on a particular kind of idiom or expression or vibe and you can One bring that's in been composers a long that can time. completely, well, completely you know, soak it up and if it wasn't for video it. games what was the last project for any medium where this sound was like nailed like this you know it's like sure you can go back and listen to actual gypsy jazz you know django and stuff sure, like that sure. but i can't think of you know another project where so much effort was put into capturing an old sound and that happens yeah, all the time with video games so yeah i mean i think as far as is overall culture and people that are fans of old you know past musical forms i mean video games you know we just we just owe so much to them for well, for taking us back to those yeah those totally. times. and pastiche uh that, that's sort of one facet but i think my favorite thing about video games and game music is that it gets to be this vehicle for all of these different varied and sometimes unrelated sources and different genres mm -hmm. to kind of come together and work in this weird Embracing porridge. the eclecticism. Yeah. yeah. Um, for it, sure. I think that's the fun thing. It kind of reflects gamers as a group, as sort of a subculture. I love that. that. It's a very yeah. varied group of <laughs> it's people. It's a melting and, pot. Yeah. yeah, sometimes people that wouldn't be accepted in other communities, but in games, sort of their quirks are embraced. And yeah. th there's also something about nostalgia that seems to be inherently married to video games. This idea that we're always looking back and we're kind of have this sentimentality of things that have been forgotten. And now it's to the point where uh, old video game music is within that lens. But I think back in the 80s and 90s, right. games already had that kind of looking back, looking back at old movies and drawing influence, looking back yeah. at old music. It's They're almost like from the very onset, nostalgia was a really big part of video games. And yeah. I know Nintendo's specifically has like mandates in their company that nostalgia is one of their biggest commodities it yeah. really means a lot to them and for Makes gamers sense. in general it's like we think about all these people us included that are still working with these old sound chips creating new music nostalgia is such a huge right. part of all of this well and even when it's uh not referential almost in any way like mm -hmm. a great jrpg or uh adventure game or something there's usually some component of nostalgia as a theme for those yes. characters right. so i think it's a very pertinent facet of the human experience you know one that we might touch on very soon right well yeah hopefully <laughs> okay cool well i'm really excited for this this speaking of nostalgia that was why i chose this next track 
I'm excited for us to kind of reminisce and chat and gab with our experiences. This is a track from Monkey Island 2. Mm. And I I wanted to try to find a Sound Blaster version of yeah, this, nice, right? Because for nice. us, that's what tugs at that's our strings. That's do. what we grew up playing, yeah. right? And there is a really great uh, version of it that I found of pretty much the whole soundtrack, Sound Blaster. This is a track that was composed by Michael Land. Uh, he composed um, all the wood tick themes. And this is one such theme. This is called Men of Low Moral fiber. Oh, this Let's take great. a listen. guys are listening to Men of Low Moral Fiber, composed by Michael Land. This is the Sound Blaster version of Monkey Island 2, LeChuck's Revenge. One of the themes that really seamlessly transitions, uh, if you move away from this screen, which has the pirates over on the left right. side and Mad Marty over there, uh, you, you hear the main wood tick kind of ambient theme. Yeah, and then if you go into the hotel, it's a different there. theme. <laughs> and they're all very similar to each other. Took me years to really fully appreciate what was actually happening because you sure, kind of yeah, don't do notice it. it when you're growing up with it right um but will 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 wanted us to hear this the other layer that's added right. on the second loop it almost sounds like a, a little bit drunken <laughs> some yeah. of a, yeah. the uh it's out of time. performance aspects of the music give it so much character i think particularly with the sound blaster because yeah. Um, that sort of FM synthesis, it reminds us, I think, of like the Sega Genesis. But so much of that music is like metric and perfect and inputted. It's very digital. Good point. But the LucasArts music has that performed, imperfect quality to it. And there's something really humorous about the combination of those very digital sounds with the humanity of the Well, I mean, the games are yeah. so funny. And that adds, that really does add a lot to the humor. And we talked about that with Peter before on the podcast. Right. And the fact that everything was done via MIDI and that they still, one thing I thought was so exciting is when they made the special editions, the the musicians and arrangers that were working on that. And actually uh, Zircon, I believe, wasn't he yeah. involved in the special edition? Andrew, yeah. too? They gave them the original MIDI data of mm -hmm. all this stuff. And so they were able to use that for their rearrangements. And, and those, those special and editions, especially the second one, I think yeah. really is, is awesome. But yeah. when it comes to it, I, I, I gotta have the sound <laughs> It's well, funny with all the technology and all the advancements that have happened over the years that we'd still <laughs> we prefer still go back. the most, the one that at the time was primitive. And they don't know? even like, I don't think like right. it, it, the way that I've heard Peter and, and, and they I prefer think like sound canvas. Yeah, or, yeah. They, they don't like, they don't necessarily like the sound. But I wonder how different that is from George Lucas's opinions on Moss Eisley or something. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, uh, yeah, a lot of times we might have kind of a negative experience working right. on the project, but it somehow all ends up 
in a really great <laughs> well, place. I always wanted to have real instruments, but at the well, time, my technology wasn't talking there. Talking about nostalgia, I mean, I think it's hard to replace what you grew up with. And frankly, That's we all true. grew up with Good those point. sounds. So you kind of can't well, there, separate that. And there really is yeah. something to it, like particularly in this track, where I feel like the groove is actually pretty locked in for like a LucasArts adventure mm-hmm. track. I almost wonder if that was maybe a little bit more to the grid. And then the melody is really laid back in the bar. Right. And and I just love how sort of like mellow and soft the attack is of that it melody. It feels so good. And That's then the, the sort of reggae-ish upbeats are really kind of pointy and edgy. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Nothing quite like the sound blast. All right. right. Well, let's play one more no track kidding. before we move on um, to something else. Let's see. Oh, you know, I think I might have originally decided to just play that. But let's let's play one more because we're feeling it. Yeah, let's do it. Um, okay. This comes to us from Plock. Uh-oh. Which is just—we <laughs> don't really need to say anything Hold else, on to right? Your butts, Hold on to your butts. Germs. Let's take a listen to "Beach" from Plock, which is an all-time classic oh of our podcast of video game music. Tim and Jeff Fallen, take it away. It doesn't matter uh, what they're doing. So good. When 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 Tim Fallen is is working on a platform, it just sounds better than what everyone else is doing. (laughs) It's unfair. It's like who knows all the wizardry and all the crazy things they were doing to achieve this. We've talked to Dave Wise about some of the things he did, some of the really unique and innovative things he did on the DKC series. Um, But I would love to have a conversation with Tim. He might not even remember it been so long but what are they doing under the hood here to make this possible it's just yeah. insane no so, kidding. and just you know not even talking about the technical stuff it's just such a cool track yeah it's <laughs> one of those pieces where it's like the weird meter stuff and the proggy kind of surprising musical elements actually feel really good right and they're not like obnoxious you know so much of that music that is trying to challenge the listeners sometimes right. it's just like you're not really enjoying yeah, it, every but. idea is so crisp and clear and uh really functional and exciting memorable too yeah i think they, they do this thing with meter that koji kondo sort of does with dissonance where koji kondo will make dissonance really appealing or yeah. sort of cute it's like a yeah. focus in a way that you really wouldn't expect and uh all of their sort of meter changes and some of those more prog rock element you know elements they're always so appealing and they've got some right. purpose and yeah I could see someone not being into any of the influences of some of this music and still, and still liking just this. being crazy it's about this It's more digestible right. than and a I lot gotta of those say, influences. There's a lot of weird stuff going on here, and they, they kind of make <laughs> yeah. it 
they make there it is. work. I mean, there's that complete change in feel um, where it goes oh, from the dun, 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 yeah. dun, guys. We should dun, play Plock and just. Right. I kind of want to experience what right. it's like because I don't think the game. Maybe the game's okay. I'm not sure if it's right. a very good. But game But I love or not. that part where it goes. Dun, but then you go into that. Yeah, we can talk all day. Like the way it transitions back into the loop is. It's kind of so natural, surprisingly, yeah. considering the sort of journey that it goes on. Okay, guys. I'm really excited for this next Ooh. segment. I've been hard at work preparing another Name That Tune game specifically for you guys and okay. also for all the listeners. Hi, everyone. Um, <laughs> so feel free to play along. This will be a lot of fun. Now, I'm aware that Will has quite the advantage here. Uh, you know, he's been forced to have to listen to this music every single week, whereas Marty... You could have chosen to take some breaks here I think and there. we could say I've been privileged to listen to the music every week. <laughs> so Will does have an advantage, but hopefully, you know, you guys won't yeah, fight this, too much. This, this might be tough. It was last time. I know it was very contentious. Okay, here's the first one. I'm going to start off with just one channel. <laughs> I love this Just already. one channel, okay? Here we go. And so the the name of the game maybe is, is one point. We're not going to do points, but the name of the game is one thing you can get. The title, the track, and the composer. All right, here we go. Okay. Okay, so Super Nintendo. Yeah, definitely it's SNES string okay. patch. That's correct. Do you want me to replay that? I have two other layers that I can potentially give you. My first it's over. instinct is that it's a Super Metroid thing, but I don't know why I feel that way. Uh, I, but I'm not willing to. Okay, so like I said, commit. I have two more layers that I can give as hints. Let me know what you want me to give you guys. I could hear that functioning in a couple different contexts, like. I could hear it as the fifth of a chord mm-hmm. moving to like, so let's say um, you're in C major, like that was like a G and then it goes to like an F and then we hear that string doing an A. Why don't I give you flat, another layer? Like minor four. I'm going to add one more channel here. You ready? Sure. Here we go. Oh, 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 it's either the Final Fantasy... Final track Fantasy or it's a chrono trigger something i can i can hear i can hear it in my in my head i can like do you hear want it. the final layer that i can give you before it's before i need an answer i'm just gonna do no, it. no i know it i know it i know it. you've got it no i don't have it okay here's here's two more channels added ready oh wow is this everything this is everything but the melody yeah this is what i was thinking yeah that's it. I'm gonna need an answer now, folks. I'm gonna need a guess. Is that the whole thing? Is that that's the all full... I'm giving you? No, no, no. It's not. The song is not five seconds. Okay, it's uh, from Final Fantasy VI, composed by uh, Nobuo Uematsu. <laughs> he gets the composer wrong. Yeah. That is correct. <laughs> and the track is. What is the um, track? It's not. I don't know if it's Terra's theme, but it's like it uses that melody eventually. Is this what you were thinking of? Yeah. Yeah. Awakening. Awakening. Final Fantasy yeah. VI. Tough because that lead is really what we yeah, the think lead of. Is very signature. And so the strings. Right. You would are... get a little, though, from the. once, Especially once the bass is in. That unexpected chord change. All right. There. That was a little tricky. All right. You guys See, ready for I, the I next one? I was afraid to say Awakening because I, if I was wrong, I didn't want to be wrong. But <laughs> I knew okay. it was you, Final Fantasy you VI. Definitely I got knew some it of used it. Tara's theme in it. Okay. Awakening. You guys ready? I'm going to start you off with some drums. Here we go. 
Oh, I oh. know this. I really know this because uh, I've isolated this before. Mm-hmm. Marty's feeling confident so far. Do you want me to add what the base? No, 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 don't no, do no, it. No, no, no. Then, then he's gonna. Yeah, Will's gonna grab it right. Away. It, it, it almost. It's, it's a. It's it a well-known like track. A, it right? sounds like a Am David right? Wise kind of a thing. Like it no. depends. I mean, no. well-known for us. Well-known for you know. Yeah, for those well in known this room. for us, for, in, for those in the know, it's pretty well known. Uh, can you play the drums just one more time, Carl? Sure. It sounds a little bit like Game Boy, to me. Um, it doesn't sound like NES noise. I'm gonna add the bass, folks. Here we go, drums and bass. Definitely NES. Okay, so it's definitely NES. Anything? Boy, it could be a Kirby thing. I'm getting it in could, my head now. For it sure. could be. I have one more layer that I can thing. give you, but this is a totally separate layer. Just warning: this, I'm not going to play the bass and drums. This is a different thing. I'll play a square. Do you want to hear it? Okay. Here's the second square channel. Once more, please. Use it in a sentence. Oh my goodness. That's all I can give you, folks. I'm sorry. May I hear the bass and drums again? I Country can also play the full track in that, you know. That no, I help. think we would just pounce <laughs> on it. Bass and drums. Now, do those happen over the same parts? Yeah, yeah. He's just not. He thinks it would reveal too much, I think. I'm going to count down from 10 and then I'm going to need an answer. Otherwise, I'll play the full track and we'll see who gets it first. Uh, this is hard. This is surprisingly difficult. I can't believe how hard this is. Six. Those of you that... It's not Ninja Turtles. Three. Okay, play it, Carl. Here's the full track. Is it Little Nemo, the Dream Master? Boom, 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 goes by... the dynamite. Don't tell me, don't tell me, don't tell me. I know her name. She's great. Yeah. Junko Tamiya. That is absolutely correct. The name of the track is Mushroom Forest. Okay, uh, I wouldn't have gotten we that. We played it in our forest, first forest episode. So, Marty, were you off on a different tangent? Did you, were you expecting something No, I was, off in a little, I, I was off on a little different tangent, but I have actually soloed. Mm. I actually have soloed these drums before. Very so cool. I, but then, yeah, I think I went down a wrong avenue. All right, let's brain. move on. Here's number three, okay? Master. Okay. Number three. Here, I'm going to start you off with a PSG channel. Mm, so Sega. Okay. This has got to be some sort of... Once more? All right, I'll give it to you again. Okay. If it's not from an ease game, uh, the chord progression is actually making me think... Sonic, surprisingly, but um, interesting that you thought of ease. All right, which just sounds very PC eighty eight because it has that sort of phasey thing. That's there's a that's very interesting that you say that. It could be like Ice Cap Zone. Let me give you the lead by itself, okay? Hmm, panned. Can we ask what system it is? Is it Sega arcade? Genesis? So it is Sega Genesis. It's not like some other. Here's that lead again. It's, it's giving me like a. Um... 
I'm getting some sort of like racing game. Like it's mm. it's a uh, what's the one that France is from? Outrunners. Outrun. It's it's giving me like an. Am I safe to say line. it is a port? It's not a port. Not that. Okay. Is it a Sega title? I don't think it's a port. Is I'm it a Sega sure. title? That means it's a Sega. Pretty title sure. Yeah. Then, yeah. It's a Sega title. Um. Hmm. I can give you a base by itself, but that I th- I had That's the, the suspicion much. that when I give this, it will give it away. But we'll try it here. This is a base by itself. What the heck? Whoa! Not what I was expecting. Okay. Exactly. Sega Genesis. I think you must be onto something though. With it's like Super Fantasy Zone or mm. uh, one of those kind of. I don't know. I'm not as much of an expert on all the Sega games. You know, like I, I don't know them super well. I was thinking like Outrunners. Um, it's interesting though. There were when other said, when you said ease, Carl had some kind of response. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it is some kind of. There's Yuzuka some Shiro-ish connection to that. Kind of a, now there were a, a Falcom few, game. There were a few some other releases for Sorcerians like the Mega Drive CD and I think the Game Gear, but mostly Genesis. All right, here's the percussion added. I thought that was going to give it away. Dude, All right. We're not as much I think here we go. as you. I'm sorry. Full track. I'm guessing this is not something I have in regular rotation. I don't know. Full track. Oh, 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 oh Streets, Streets of, Rage. of Rage by Yuzo Koshiro. Is it the first one or second one? First one. Yeah. This is a track Why called... Why didn't we get that with the drums? <laughs> this is a track called Keep the Groovin'. I should have locked in with Yuzo Koshiro and said yes. <laughs> I may... Well, the video will reflect. I may have said Streets of Rage. Ooh. A second Yeah, I think Marty, Marty gets that one. You said Streets of Rage. I didn't hear it. We both I did not said speak it very at the loudly. Same, we both said it sort of sort of at the same time, but I think Marty started to say oh, it before me. I did and not I said hear Yuzo it. Koshiro. Yeah. Oh, wow. I'm going to give Marty the point in that yeah, one. Yeah, let's then. give Marty the point. All right, here we go. Here is the next one, and this is just a bass. Check it out. Mm. Oh, God. Not oh, stop NES. it. <laughs> it's, uh, it could either be Commodore or Game Boy. It will Game really Boy. help you if you get the system, but I don't is know Is it a it PC-88? Commodore. Just listen to the sound here. What is it, like the ZX Spectrum or something weird? Turbo Graphics, maybe? Boom. Turbo graphics. It is turbo so, graphics. So maybe it's a bomber. It's a bomber, man. man. Here's or maybe a little it's more. That Daddy Mulk. Here's a little more. It's Daddy Mulk, composed by uh uh, uh I don't remember the dude's name. No, it, it is Daddy. Malk. It is Daddy Mulk oh, from nice. the Ninja Warriors by Zantada, the in-house band. Yeah. Here's the whole deal. I, I everyone the drums. <laughs> I was going to give oh, you the drums Gnarly! That's the jam. All right, here we that go. That was quick. Jam. Well, I have two more prepared. We'll see if we have time. Here we go. Okay. You guys still enjoying yourselves here? Yeah. 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 This is hard. It it's is hard. It's really difficult. Okay, Let this the record one, show that I'm trying. Like, yeah, we're sweating this like This one, Nixon I think you guys have a shot at. Here we go. Here is two PSG channels to start with. Oh, generous. Some dissonance. Ooh, one more time, please. So it's some kind of Latin vibe. Mm. Um, Could it be a track that we already know, but maybe haven't listened to it with this scrutiny? Like the 
the uh, level select from Sonic 3 or something? I feel like it's some kind of Sonic. So the first Sonic thing is you guys thing. are thinking it's Genesis, right? Well, you well said yeah, I PSG. thought you said two PSG channels, but yeah, I guess it could be another. A lot of systems have Japanese PSG. computer system, yeah. So maybe this is This is not PCAD. an obscure system. This it's not, is not a Japanese system. computer system. Okay. Then I'm going to say, yeah, it's a Genesis. Or this is not Genesis. Master System? No. Turbo Graphics? Nope. This is Game Boy. Game Boy Advance. This is Game Boy Advance. Uh, Mario Kart Super Circuit. Uh, and the track is... You got it. Uh, some, it's maybe called Koopa Troopa Beach or Shy Guy Beach. Shy Guy Shy Beach Guy from... Beach. Super, Super Circuit. Do you, remember Super the Do you know the composer? Oh, Super Circuit. I, I should. I really should, but I don't. This is Kenichi Nishimaki. Mm. That was impressive, Will. I feel bad that I gave away the GBA, but... Uh, all right, last yeah, one. You guys no, ready? No, I think that was helpful. We would have gone down the wrong... Now, this is the most obscure one out of what I prepared, okay? okay. But not necessarily okay. obscure for this no, room. This Here we go. Okay, I'm going to give you a noise channel and two PSG channels. <laughs> How oh weird gosh. is this? Are you sure you want to give away Can we that do this much? every episode? I love this. This should just be the podcast. Oh, totally know this. Once more, please. I know the groove. Is it some sort of weird like golf game or something? Or some like boring billiards game or something. It's. I'll give you one more. What was the thing that you said? Mark like, Davis oh, it's Fishing so Master. classic. Mark Davis. <laughs> it's not Mark Davis Fishing Master, I don't think. Because that's but. Super Nintendo. All right, I'm going to add one chord channel. Uh, this is the track. There's something that goes like that in it. There is? <laughs> who can say i i totally All know right. this track but i'm I, gonna add the bass you could play the whole thing and the I'm not bass gonna get drops it. here we go so it's funky who's a real funky composer? it's definitely yeah kawaguchi fme it is not kawaguchi kind of vibe um, now i'm gonna play on its own just an fm riff okay sakamoto here's an fm riff Ooh, I nice. know the track, Tasty. dude. You know the track. I know the track, but I so who's, can't think who's of the composer. Is it Hashimoto? It is Hashimoto. Hakoshi nice. Hashimoto. It is Hashimoto. We just played it a few weeks ago. Full track. What is this, Will? Play until That's not the melody. The melody. Comes in. Oh. It is from a sports game. Uh, some tennis game, is it? Uh, uh, uh. It's this not, is really it's unfair, not I know. Top, uh, <laughs> ATP Tour Championship. ATP time. Tour Championship. Okay. <laughs> this was kind of a joke. I mean, I love this track, but I'm aware of how incredibly obscure that I'm is. I'm proud so. of myself for yeah, getting Hashimoto. Yeah, you got the composer, and you obviously got the platform. Hashimoto, so. and you didn't say Sakimoto I, by mistake? You first said you did say but Sakimoto. But I didn't guess it to Carl, I was, because I, was, I, I knew that Sakimoto was more kind of like orchestral sort oh, of that stuff was fun. Yeah, and hashimoto was funkier, the sad uh, well hopefully you guys enjoyed that i had a great time well, that putting was that great. together good job i want to do guys. more that was fun well yeah we can do it once in a while you know if if, if you know even for like a normal episode i can i could try to yeah. prepare but okay now it's time to answer some fan questions okay so the past few days uh we wrote on 
social media that we're recording this pretty soon. And if anyone has any questions you want us to answer on the show, send them in. We got some great ones. So let's get to them. Make sure we have time for the ones that we received. So the first question comes to us from Josh. And he says, what was your favorite episode of the podcast? Which episode has the most listens? What about the most requests? Um, I want to start reverse chronologically. By far, the most requests is bad music. Like, yeah. it's not even close. It's probably three times as many requests for those episodes <laughs> as anything else. Other than that... They're just so fun. We've gotten a lot of requests for things we've done, like um, Undertale, before we did it, it was like every week we were getting requests for right. it. Uh, Final Fantasy, back in the day, people were like, you got to do more That's Final true. Fantasy. Um, I actually looked into the most listens, and I think I have it here. So the most listens... Ooh, uh, we should do a guess, Will and I, what we think Okay. The most, unless you know, Will. It's changed. I, I it's changed a lot. Are you to this information? Probably won't be what you expect. One, two, three. What do you think number three is? Um, I'm, I'm going to go like... Third most popular a, episode. A, a Peter McConnell something. I'm going to say the, the uh, second Grant Kirkhope. No, it's actually 34, Legend of Zelda. Oh, episode, uh, good. Season two. Number two most popular is the Super Mario trilogy we all recorded together. Heck yeah. Episode really 243. Great. And then our number one most listened to episode is 211, Undertale. Wow. wow so that I goes to show a lot of love for undertale that's how much love there is for undertale uh favorite episode of the podcast oh man i mean i had such a wonderful experience interviewing dave uh as part of last Magfest. yeah but that was so fun. yeah as far as a podcast episode the first time we interviewed dave was great the first peter interview uh, I'm thinking that about the so, experience. Yeah, of that recording, was so fun. And your, but the actual my your favorite podcast episodes, there. honestly, are the ones that we've done together. I love uh, that Super Mario trilogy. I was just thinking the other day that might be my favorite. It used to be when Carl, when we did Mario sixty four, I loved yeah. the two parter when we did um, the two sort of GameCube Zeldas. But I just I, I, the Mario so trilogy was I, so I delightful I because say. you know. Getting to talk about Koji Kondo with both of you two and playing that classic For me, music. Shin Onigashima was... Uh, that was also oh, a really fun one. It was so fun. Um, it's hard to say. I Good also enjoyed, you know, when we did all that stuff for, like, the sound effects episode back in our first season. We mm -hmm. sort of had that, like, skit and everything. In general, Koji Kondo music with all three of us is right. kind of the best yeah. time. You know, I, I will say, though, possibly my favorite episode of all time is um, Short and Sweet. The very first time. Wow, I it's, should re-listen to that. It's so entertaining. I can't explain wow. it. And I, it might have, and it's kind of an older episode. It's really. very old, and we but play like fifty. It's tracks maybe one or of something. the first times um, as a listener that I feel like I heard both of you really open up and just kind of like run free, having fun. And you're sort cool. of, you know, the podcast personas that we now know. It's a cool memory, and man. Anyways, is yeah, it's really fun. I if you haven't heard of, that. Download. Some of my favorites are also the um, season openers. Like, I'm really proud of yeah, the history true. of video game music and the evolution of that NES, the Human West. Touch, Human Old Touch. versus yeah. New, yeah, those uh, Five fun. Finger Fanfare. That was a really fun that one. Really I love the cliches. Re yeah. Researching the cliches. We did took a long humor time. and music. All, all those. Yeah. All those topics are well, really enjoyable. Let's get to some more. Make sure we have time here. Caleb uh, has the next qu next question here. He says. Do you think those lists you made back in the first two episodes would be the same if you made them today? No. Top 10 favorite Yoshi's composers. Island was an honorable mention. Yeah. And that would definitely be like one of the top ones for me. Or do you think uh, all the new games and composers you've discovered or researched would change them? I, I think that's definitely true. I mean, something would change, but 
honestly, if I am true to what I like, you think it's it would still be mostly, all the stuff you knew as a kid? I think the stuff I knew as a kid would probably still be, but my order would probably change. Sure. And uh, yeah, I would consider things differently. But it would probably mostly be Koji Kondo. Stuff. I imagine if it was a list of favorite, maybe pieces or like video game tracks, I could see that even changing more than that sort of complete soundtrack. Yeah, I mean, like, honestly, to it's, me, it's, it's like tough. it's going to be linked to the past. It's one gonna be, change, like right. one slightly more modern change that I might sub in would potentially be shovel like Knight, Galaxy or Shovel Knight. Yeah, um, yeah. it's hard to say because I wish that I could count Galaxy One and Two together. Um, but right. you can't the duology. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, well, uh, maybe we question. should take this question and say like, what are some of the most, um, in terms of new soundtracks that we've discovered through the podcast or specific individual compositions that we've just completely learned to love. I always have to keep going back to magical voice shower by the Uchis yeah. for sure. Um, Pop which we music. also played on that greatest hits. That's true. That's probably my favorite piece of music in the world ever i love it that's so much that's definitely it's, number one it's the greatest thing that we've ever played that, on the podcast I, uh definitely the silver surfer is, is just unbeatable that's, yeah all um, the tim fallen stuff the underwater lums yeah that oh, lums dream is crazy good. yeah it's For funny sure. those those i think we're all on that greatest yeah. Yeah. Said our first it's a legendary fest. episode that has some yeah. interesting history of how how it was recorded okay yeah. let's move on to joe he has a question uh Okay, so he says, my question is as follows, though not technically though not technically a question. Well, sorry, Joe, this is a questions only. No, we'll keep going. <laughs> uh, rank these series in order of most to least favorite in terms of music. Okay. Ooh. Mario, Sonic, Zelda, Kirby, Metroid. Okay. Uh, Mario. Uh, Mario's number one for me. It would also probably have to be number one for me. And then... Two would be Zelda. Two is Sonic for me. And I two, know that's crazy. Two would but be Zelda for me. Three would be Metroid. Last would be Sonic. Not because <gasps> not because I don't love Sonic 1, 2, and 3, but because there are so many Sonic them, games yeah. with soundtracks that I just don't care about at all that that brings it down yeah. to me. Yeah. Despite all those, it's still going to be number two. Just that's how much I love Sonic. Yeah. Mario, Sonic. I'm going to say Zelda, obviously, number three. For me, it's going to be, this is weird, but it's going to, oh, I don't know, actually. I was about to say Kirby, then Metroid, but oh, Kirby? for me, the Kirby's Prime, the Prime series really adds a lot. So I guess I'll say Metroid, Kirby. Yeah, I think if you have to, sp- yeah, if you're spreading out the net or the range and you're talking about all the Kirby games, although what could make it really Kirby interesting music. is let's say you're talking about all, like anything that has Mario's name in it. I don't think so. I would say Kobe. Yeah, if we're talking Mario, about Mario, I, I, for me, it would be Mario, Zelda, Sonic, hmm. Metroid, Kirby. That's yeah. a solid list. A solid I got to give Metroid. I mean, Metroid is is so phenomenal. I mean, I, I wish I could place it higher, but it's right. just that those other, I mean, you can't beat Zelda. Okay, but I can so, imagine waking up tomorrow and actually switching Zelda and Mario. It's, it's kind of unfair. Yeah. All right. I, so we have yeah. a few more questions, but I do want to rein you guys in here. Last time we spent a long time. We don't have the time to dive in too much. This is a Star Wars question. What do we think about the Last so, Jedi? Oh, okay. So Sean we, wants to know. Can you put a spoiler tag on this, Carl? Like on the video? Yeah. Okay. Well, we, we could do that. We'll talk about spoilers. spoilers. Um, hold up. Hold up. Sean wanted to know what do you guys think of the Last Jedi and its score? Can Can I go first? Yeah. Go yes. for it. I love the Last Jedi. Um, I. 
to me, I had more anticipation for The Force Awakens, so I was more excited about it. For The Last Jedi, I tried not to really look into any fan theories. I wasn't, you mm-hmm. know, like counting down the hours until it released. Um, but I had a thoroughly great experience in the theater. The film took a lot of chances and things I wasn't expecting. But after all the people that kind of whined about The Force Awakens being some kind of rehash, right. to me, I thought this was like it almost legitimized that movie as being solidified in its own world. And I liked where it took all the characters. I didn't like it as much as force awakens, but I still Hmm. very much enjoyed it. And then upon seeing it a second time, any of the things that I wasn't so much enjoying as much in the movie, like all the stuff on Kanto bite and everything I enjoyed way more And some of the things that were shocks and twists and were really surprising kind of leveled out. So in general, I, in terms of, it's still way better than the prequels to me, but yeah. my order would probably be like episode four, five, seven, six, eight. Okay, I'm going to have to bring ranking. it over to Marty. Marty, what are some of your thoughts? Try to keep it You know, it it's brief. funny. I'd, I'd like to keep it uh, really interesting and maybe confrontational. I almost feel exactly the same way that Will does. I will say uh, it's a movie that... I think you're going to kind of wrestle with if you're really invested in Star Wars. And yeah. I've found myself really wrestling with it. But I will say I, I do love the film. Uh, I particularly love The Force Awakens, and it uh, it doesn't reach exactly that same level for me. As far as the score goes, and I think Will and I probably have similar feelings here, yeah. the score is sensational. It yep. is outstanding. And... Um, Compared to The Force Awakens, it also sounds terrific. Really, I think there were some challenges in getting the L.A. orchestra up and running into kind of this star wars soundscape on the force right, awakens right uh yeah, very difficult to make lacking. out woodwinds usually um there's maybe a little more timid playing overall yeah. if we could say that something totally a little strange with, with the, the mix. power the overall power was a little bit right. and i do there. think john really just brought his a-game in terms oh, of the gosh, score the yeah. action score in the last jedi it's so staggering there's so much Incredible. of it and it's all so whimsical and um exciting and the such wonderful lush orchestration and and yep. there aren't as many new themes as there were in The Force Awakens, but the but principal have, new theme, Rose's theme, yeah. is one of the best. Rose's yeah. theme is one of years. the best John Williams themes I can remember. We yeah. were so happy in the theater as this pops up and you hear theme. it again and again. I mean, the, I think the great thing about the score and the movie in terms of how they sort of uh, balance each other, or, or let's say the story and the score, is really some of... John's best writing is uh, with Rose and during the Canto Bite sequence. Um, Did you guys? So I'm always looking forward to those parts. Did you guys think the Rose theme could fit in a video game about Rose? Didn't it have some sort of wonderful that resolving that resolving to the median where it's sort of like Lydian, but constantly going upward. I I also can't really be controversial because I totally agreed with what you guys thought. I. Talking about the score, um, I thought it outdid The Force Awakens, in my opinion. The sure, score, because you get Ray's effect, theme, you get Kylo's theme. Mm-hmm. The overall effect was there. The approach was so different, though. Um, there was more emphasis on including old themes at the right times, and there wasn't really a need for as many new themes. So mm-hmm. the approach was different. Obviously, I loved the new themes of Force Awakens, but the overall effect, I was just so affected by the music Dazzled, of Last yeah. Jedi yeah. more. As far as the movie, I yeah, I had a, a, a just a blast uh, seeing. I've seen it twice. The first time was very memorable. Um, there, were, there were things where I shook my head and things where I wasn't sure about how I felt, um, but overall... 
there were multiple moments where my jaw was hanging on the floor. Well, the last applause, I, you know, mid movie. Yeah, absolutely. right. The last thing I want to say about the score that's so fantastic about the Last Jedi, it gets to legitimize. Um, certain themes that, for example, Luke and Leia's theme is barely right. used in Jedi, right. and it's one of the great John Williams melodies. To Good hear call. that returned cements it as a staple of the Star Wars series, and also uh, the version of Leia's theme that happens in that kind of, uh, you know, that sequence where she's in space, space and everything yeah. <laughs> is is so <laughs> jaw dropping, and you get to hear galaxy. parts of it that only ever existed yeah, in, the only in the concert version. Suites, not and then even also in the Yoda's theme, yeah. we get sort of like the ending of Yoda's theme from the concert version, but in an actual Star Wars film. Yeah. And then also Kylo's theme. You know, it's like you get right. to hear bits of music that in the previous films yeah. were only in like credit suites or concert. So clearly, and actually, we have a lot your to consideration say uh, just Wars. hit online as well for The Last Jedi. And so there's even more score right. material. So yeah, can't wait to listen and re-listen. Oh man, yeah. I think we the basically what what the best way to answer that we we all love the movie. We love the score. Yeah, excited and to see more. Definitely of it. looking forward to episode nine okay uh simon our good buddy simon one of our longest and most supportive fans hi simon simon, hey, simon. And, hi simon's family hope you guys are having a holiday good holiday season i saw a really cute picture on facebook um so it looks like the whole family's doing good we love simon all right simon wants to know does it bother you when at a concert the audience claps on the one and three when they should be <laughs> clapping on the two and four am simon, i the only one you. this is such... with this pet peeve not at all simon crucial I, questions i think yeah. it's almost it's almost a classic pet peeve it's the classic like white people problem yeah, right it's it's a whiteness issue it's a melanin <laughs> problem right. so um, it, it's people that aren't familiar with the importance of a backbeat the right. backbeat is two and four, and that's the heart of so much popular music. And, well, so, and also, you could maybe argue like the backbeat requires some kind of patience, right? And right. I think for a lot of excited music fans, as soon as you you know where you are, as soon as you found the rhythm, you probably want to start yeah, participating. Yeah, it's awful so to hear the one There's something three. to that. You know, I I don't mind as much. I wonder what you guys think about this. The clap on every beat, it's a little bit old I would school rather European. Do that, right, I like that yeah. vibe. Clap. Clap, clap, clap. Yeah, yeah one in three fun. is just it's, egregious. But yeah. the best crowd clapping I've ever heard is in the Mario and Zelda Big Band Live <laughs> concert. Yeah. In the shop theme, which is like this big band rendition, right. they're doing this clave clap. The entire oh. crowd, it's so good. It's yeah, <laughs> we yeah. should so all live perfect. in Japan. Clap, 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 clap. clap. All yeah. right. Clap, Last clap. question here before we get back to some other stuff is from Zach. Uh, and, and Zach is a very supportive fan. He was the person who introduced us to the Gust Sound Team and the Atelier Tellier <laughs> series. Yeah. So Zach wants to know, if you were hired to score a game with the stipulation that you could only use a single instrument, what would you use? Mm. Also, no software with multiple sequenced instruments. That doesn't count as a single instrument. Love this question. Again, he said, congrats on the 300th episode. Thanks for the entertainment and giving me a new drinking game for every time you say Beach Boys. It's been a while since we've done that <laughs> joke. All right. Cool question. Um, well, Beach Boys are no, sorry. <laughs> uh, I've been thinking about this actually quite a bit. I, I, it seems almost like a cop out to just say piano, but that is a cop out, and I won't accept you it. You almost have to go with piano, just if you such had such a versatile one, range. Yeah. It's so it's versatile. such a complete sound in and of itself. I mean, also something like guitar would be a great choice. Also, think about all the genres. But if I were going to do something bold, if it was just going to be like a solo monophonic instrument. I would probably say either like flute, just because it, I, I 
you know, very classic like the timbre. But in terms of a dynamic instrument, I would probably have to say bassoon or cello. I was going to say like English horn or bassoon or something like that. Because bassoon has such a range, so many different timbres and a lot of rich color. I would say bassoon or English horn personally. That's a weird choice, but... If I was going to score something, I think that would be an in, more of an interesting sound. I like the idea of layering that in a cool way. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, that would be my choice. I think, yeah, mine would either be uh, harp. Uh, oh, I think good. there'd be a lot you could do. Or even um, like a, a Celtic harp or something like that. That might be a little bit more limited. But there are even some extended, uh, uh, you know, techniques of... Um, you know, striking strings with, with your palm right. or really hitting the, the frame of the harp and you could get some interesting things there. But otherwise, I sort of feel like the bass clarinet, I mean, the entire clarinet family has uh, just some of the most wonderful dynamic range. And true. you could do something sinister if it if it called for it with mm-hmm. the bass clarinet, but it's still, yeah, quite quite beautiful and kind of a tenor range. For sure. I mean, and obviously we've heard great examples of the acoustic guitar having a center stage, you know, things like The Last of Us. There's a lot of diversity and there's a lot of mileage you can get out of that for sure. All right. So now I think, guys, we're going to go back to... Thanks, everyone, for submitting questions. Uh, That was a lot of fun. Let's go back. Let's play a few more pieces of music here. Uh, We have a couple more things to do. Uh, Okay, this is another nostalgic choice. I wanted to take us back to our childhood, especially talking about, you know, me and Marty here on the Genesis. And then Will, eventually, when he came along later... He, he played this as well. This is from Aladdin. Oh, In our great. episode 200, we played uh, a classic jazz track. We're going to play a different classic jazz track. And Will made me think of it the other day. You, you were humming <laughs> it. So let's take a listen to Turban Jazz Ooh, by Donald Griffin. One. Classic. This Donald is Turban Jazz. I'm just I'm on that carpet as it kind of like <laughs> this stutter is a, this flies. Is a tough level. Oh, yeah. The level where you're trying to get into the like really the palace, right? With yeah. The flamingos and everything. Yeah, yeah. I love when you uh, you can get up to sort of like the highest ledge mm-hmm. and kind of take this like free fall and That's if you so time fun. it just right, the carpet will catch you. Yeah, and this music is so oh, swanky and devious and it's almost kind of like of taunting you a little bit because it's right. such a challenging level. Right. Such an underrated score and an underrated soundtrack by an underrated composer. Right. And right. it would have been, and you've talked about this before, but it would have been so easy to use um, Alan Menken material from either songs or, or the score here. And that's some of my favorite music ever, <laughs> if I'm being totally honest. But yeah. I so love that Donald Griffin, you know, composed these original kind of swanky jazz things that, uh, whether he knew it or not, are actually really on point for the original concept of Aladdin, which yeah. was to be a really kind of swanky Cab Calloway-ish absolutely and and i don't think that was something again obviously as a kid i didn't appreciate it i I liked the music and subconsciously it was it was part of the experience but even when i started to be an adult and and download the music and like it i just thought i liked it because it was nostalgic and catchy but yeah i think that's a great point it really does a good job of matching the musical world uh, that alan Menken established 
Yeah, and just such memorable melodies and a very unique soundtrack. It doesn't really sound like any other. Yeah. If you guys he has had a to singular pick voice, I think one track to do in the band from Aladdin, Camel well, Jazz. Camel Jazz. I would I lean, would lean a little more towards Camel Jazz, but I do love this track as well. Camel Jazz would work with our arrangement. I would maybe want to do really one of the Arab rock it. tracks. Like, mm. Maybe that's a medley would be fun. One. Oh, that's so good. Wow. Oh, another fun one would be the um, carpet ride, the escape. Yeah. The ding, 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 ding. I really love the chords in that. <laughs> that would be really hard to do. Who has dibs on that? I, yeah. I call dibs on not having that. <laughs> yeah, All right. So much let's, fun. Let's move on to uh, Shovel Knight here. And we okay. talked about this recently. I thought this was fitting. Uh, this represents maybe, you know, when we're talking about some of our favorite discoveries amidst this podcast. Well, something that happened during the course of time time that this show existed you know Mm -hmm. i mean we started this podcast february of 2012 before marty was married before any of us were uncles um before i was still in high school carl was basically what felt like fresh out of college um i was a woman i mean everything was different back then no but the uh the current nintendo console was the wii this is pre wow that's crazy wii u and now we have the nintendo switch yeah we stayed Um, up we 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 were in line in midnight for the, yeah, the launch for of the, the Wii, Wii U. Wii U. Yeah. You knew it was a bad sign because everyone was coming in like, what are you guys in line for? We're like, the Wii U. They're like, what's, what's that? that? <laughs> yeah. like, oh, this is going to be bad. But yeah, think of the outstanding titles that have come out in the course of yeah. the, the podcast or even just this last year, the great Switch games. Oh, that gosh. And we, that was, you know, we've gotten to hear two new Star Wars <laughs> scores wow, by John wild. Williams. That was have been unfathomable. Yeah. Wow. All right. Let's take a listen to Strike the Earth, Planes of Passage Ooh, by Jake is... Kaufman from Shovel Knight. <laughs> keep this in the background here while we maybe chat a little bit about it. That's that great like mix of absolutely inspiring and discouraging just wonderful. (laughs) Makes you want to quit music and also at the same time practice for five hours every day. It's It's one of the all-time great video game tracks period. It's just everything about it. It's such a great riff. The idea of making it this kind of medieval mysterious sound but it also rocks and that combination of like old old folk music or classical music with rock has been done so many times before, but never quite with this, you know, right, presentation. Right. You get that it, oh. glorious kind of Dorian mode video yeah. game rock sound, but it yeah. is like a splash of jazziness in the chord progression. Such an infectious groove that is the... so solid, more solid than most retro well, game tracks. Because he did release, I think, the NSF. I think he did. Yeah, somewhere yeah, you can yeah, find yeah. it. I want to listen to this like isolated. How about the bass writing? It's just oh, like yeah. it's funky. It's really like um, I think bass writing that feels realistic for a bass like it actually would sound good on a bass but it's also just does a really great job of you know it 
plays the the roots of the chord just at the right time, but yeah. it adds so much rhythmic interest. Well, and Oof. I love the articulation of the lead instrument. It's right. Yeah. Like when when you have the Wait portamento, it, when it, you have the right. It. The other thing about so his good. bass writing is it's very different than a lot of triangle bass writing back in the NES. I mean, this track uses VRC six, mm -hmm. so we we have more channels. Right. But back on the NES, most triangle bass writing actually occurred sort of an octave above where an electric bass would probably play things. If you think That's of like true. Mega Man 2 or yeah, something. It's more mm -hmm. in like the range of a cello. Um, so it's still the bass voice, but it's not really in those like sub bass frequencies. But he's doing um, that. But more. yet he's using, he's having it like really down low in an electric bass well, register. How in often a, does he use other channels for bass and Shovel Knight? Once in a while. Occasionally right? he'll use the sort of I sawtooth think, yeah. sound right, right, of the right, right. VRC6 chip. And who knows, maybe he doubles things at times, too. Yeah. Well, what I love what it captures, and really a lot of a lot of Jake Kaufman music um, kind of has clarified this for me, is like the kind of the hard rock energy of like old video games. I feel like that mm -hmm. captures some of our power fantasy as gamers. Like mm. we're rock stars. Do you know what I mean? Like as, <laughs> as these characters. And there's almost no better way to really capture that or give you that that the kind of joy well of and it, we've talked to, like hero. we've talked right. about this idea i don't know if we've had an episode specifically on like stage ones we've talked about the idea of like the importance of a stage one theme how it lets you know this is the world this is the vibe and this is what the game is going to be right. you can't beat this is a stage one it's right. just like right. the game already is really fun and really creative but this music it's the most signature thing about the opening experience of playing the game so good you know i mean i, I think you could say it about every great game I think mm -hmm. the music to Super Mario Brothers is more iconic than the level design of that opening stage. I think or the Zelda. music of mm -hmm. Green Hill Zone is more iconic. You know, I mean, I and all agree. those things are recognizable and iconic, but like music has that really potent effect. And going back to the idea of nostalgia, it's almost like a smell, you know, how it can just right. transport you back into a moment. A great song, a great melody, and the full package of a complete piece of music when it's married with an experience, it has that locational sense memory effect. Yeah. Well said, Will. Well, okay, this is the last track we're going to play today and talk about, and then we'll have some some um, some special nostalgic stuff that'll make us cry. Okay, <laughs> so uh, this is a really fun cover that I wanted to show you guys. I was into this acoustic guitar musician by the name of Sam Griffin, okay. who does some really great video game covers, all on solo acoustic guitar, which I okay. find really impressive because he has to figure out arrangements that work with one hand, yeah. and it's really tough stuff. Um, and I just have really been enjoying his YouTube channel. He's also really just a really funny guy too. Uh, he has has a Patreon, so you guys should check about Sam Griffin. Ooh, but nice. I wanted to play this. This is Jump Up Superstar. Mm. It's his arrangement of this on solo wow. guitar. So let's when let's did, when, did, when did this go? Uh, he posted this early November. Yep. Way to go! Wow, yeah. that's fast. That's so, cool. Here we go. Let's jump up. Thank you. 
I like that it's this sort of like ping pongy rhythm, like this. Right. Yeah. Back and forth. Oh, I thought it was a fitting last track. So yeah, it, it's you know it just kind of reminds me of all the amazing times I've had with this game over yeah. the past you know month or so. Um, or actually at this point, wow, late October it's been more than that. Uh, yeah, time flies when you're playing Mario Odyssey. Yeah, such an impressive arrangement. There's a video of him playing it on a rooftop, and you see the city in the background, and, and so it's oh, a nice visual nice. and. He's a he's a talented guitarist, so definitely yeah, check out. Really I have to admit, this is a song that kind of chokes me up yeah, whenever I too. listen to it, especially that when she gets to the lyric, "No one else yeah. could make it this far." It's like so I, did, I I love Mario and I love Mario music, and to like it makes me think about how far that series has come that you yeah. could have an all ballad like that. Well, and how excited that we have this new amazing talented young composer in Neo Kubo. Yeah. That's so great. That's but so did beautiful. Kate Davis sing the Japanese version too? Or is no, it? no, it's a different. Okay. But did you guys see that? Video game awards. She sang it live. They did. I a, think they had a so big awesome. band. Yeah. I think actually like an orchestra there, and she was there. I, and I should watch sang the it whole live. Thing. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. It was such a beautiful, <laughs> such a beautiful experience. Such an incredible moment. Absolutely. Uh, especially the way it plays out in the game and the yeah. orchestration of the like New Donk City Festival version. Right. I'm just, and I'm so glad that's available on the iTunes version of the album. And they have yeah. like a little karaoke version if you want to sing along. Yeah. That's and that, just the instrumental. That little uh, intro before the vocal comes right. in is so beautiful. Oh my gosh. That's great. Well, yeah. Thanks everyone for joining us for this episode. One last thing we want to do is we want to cut now to a segment that Will has been hard at work preparing. Yes. In tradition for our millennial, centennial, what is it? Perennial Tricentennial, I think. Tricentennial. Centennial, yeah, the 300th episode of the Supermercado Brothers. Uh, when we had episode 100 about four years ago, I wanted to create sort of a montage to celebrate all of the fun moments and experiences that we had on the podcast. Yeah, because at that time we'd gotten to interview so many cool people and we've had so many memorable experiences, and I wanted to capture that in a short little montage of some of our memorable moments. Yeah. And as I was doing it, you know, going through over a hundred hours of audio content, I uh, I did what I think a lot of sensible people would do. I increased the rate so I could get through more content faster. Yeah. But it had this interesting effect where it, it pitched up all of our voices. It made everything that happened so much more quaint and charming and, and funny. fun. Yeah. And so I just decided I, I, I couldn't I couldn't help but leave it that way. And so we decided to call it Scrubbing Down Memory Lane. And it's become, since I think a little bit of a tradition, I did the same yeah. thing on episode 200. So I hope you will enjoy uh, a, a, a retrospective of our past 100 episodes from 201 to now. Uh, let's cool. take a listen to Scrubbing Down Memory Lane, volume three. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Super Mercado Bros Video Game Music Podcast. Hey guys, Will and Carl here. Live! Coming at you live, Super <laughs> Mercado Brothers! Yeah. <laughs> First three-way show-and-tell episode. Usually, it, uh, just because we're brothers, it ends up being a very vicious competition of who has the better right. playlist. This is a badass forest. I like to pronounce it a badass forest. Will gave me that good idea. <laughs> There's this game called Kokoran, only huh. available in Japan. Never heard of it. And I am loving the soundtrack, guys. The cool. two composers were Yoshiji, Yokohama, and wait for it, wait for it, Takashi Tatichi. Oh my goodness. Wow. We were so fortunate to interview exclusively Manami Matsumai, the legendary video game composer. First of all, Matsumai-san, we're so incredibly grateful for this opportunity to get to speak with you. Uh, we want you to know that you're a real musical hero of ours, so thank you for everything that you've done. Thank you so much, and thank you for listening to my work. Another piece of yours that I think is just absolutely genius. <laughs> what advice would you give to an aspiring video game composer today? 
You wouldn't believe how often people ask me that. The thing is, though, I'm really not in a position to be giving out advice. You have to listen to as much music as possible. In Japanese, you use the saying, store as much as possible in your drawers. You have to make it a part of you. I think that's the most important thing. That way songs and pieces will come naturally. Everyone's just hanging around and having conversations, and we look over there, and you guys are talking <laughs> to Dave Wise. Just hanging out with Dave, and they start to play a Donkey Kong Country medley, and we're watching it with Dave Wise. <laughs> we got to sit down and have a drink with Dave. Yeah, I bought um, him a scotch whiskey, so that was completely <laughs> surreal. And that was, that was just great. like it always is, that been my the favorite. conversation's always the best when the tapes aren't rolling. I can't think of another composer who combines all those elements so beautifully. Well, it's very kind of you to say, you know. Huh? <laughs> so it's, um, yeah, let the, let the record show Dave just gave two enthusiastic thumbs up. <laughs> so let's get to some questions. He said, to my knowledge, you have never played or discussed Chemical Plant Zone. So we've spoken to our lawyers. Yeah. And at this time, the only thing uh, we can offer is the, the following. Will, you're such a good singer. Can you quickly sing for the audience what we're talking about? The first five notes of a minor scale. I'd be happy to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting, I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting cold feet. Kind of like a James Brown guitar line. Right. Kind of feels like you're riding a horse. That's really driving rhythm. Um, let's see what we got. Very lucky today to be joined by Stephen and Brian Kelly. They're in the room with us right now. Maybe not a real room, but a virtual room. A virtual room. Hello, you guys. Welcome back to the show. Brian, I'm going to let you take the reins on this track. Sure. Um, actually, Stephen, why don't you go ahead? Because I've been talking way more than you. Actually, yeah, Will, why don't you? know? <laughs> <laughs> I think now's a good time to cut away. Let's talk with Grant Kirkhope for a little bit. Oh, yeah. I think I see him. Yeah, Grant, come here. Sit down. I remember Nabnock's tune. I remember right at the end of the game. So I wanted you for the squirrel. And I wrote it in like two minutes flat. You see, I just went... You know, that was it. Oh, yeah. I never went right our dear friend Tim Turry, thanks so much for coming back on the show, Tim. Thanks for having me. Well, Halloween's my favorite time of the year, and just a perfect time for a reunion. Now, full disclosure, last time I think we talked, I was still at Game Informer there in Minnesota with you guys, and now I'm over in San Francisco at Capcom USA. That insane. It's bizarre and exciting, and I love it. And I guess I would call it the Atelier series. I had to bring in an Atelier track today. It's track of the day from, is it Atelier? Because I want to say Atelier. I kind of want to tell you the wrong one just so you can embarrass yourself. It is Atelier. It is Atelier, yeah. Atelier, Sophie. This is Atelier, uh, apparently. <laughs> Atelier Furies. And to this day, I don't think I'm saying that. Furies, right? F-I-R-I-S. I would say Furious. Furious. Well, pardon me if I'm not Atelier. if I'm not pronouncing it right. This episode topic was given to us by our good buddy Carlos, to one of our absolute favorite dudes ever. This is Carlos. I can't imagine a listener show and tell without a Carlos track. We actually got to meet Carlos, and yeah. now we're buddies. We, Great yeah, dude. Yeah. Carlos is the um, best. So when I think of Carlos, I do think of hip badass and rocking, <laughs> but I also think of sweet as well, right? So I, I will say I think Carlos is the first fan of our show to receive a spot in my phone. I've been texting him as we've been playing his track. So you know, we have friends that are really into going to the live concerts, and maybe that was what they prioritized. Like Carlos, yeah, and. Friend. Oh, shout out to Carlos. Yeah. Carlos. 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 Absolute star of MAGFest. You must be called that. Official nicest person at MAGFest. Celebrity. Celebrity. Everyone, yeah. Biggest celebrity at MAGFest. Carlos. Some of our listeners, I, I have I have some of your names in mind, one of which begins with a C. Uh, he, he encouraged me not to use his name so much on the podcast. Look at our buddy Carlos. Think about how much older than you he is and think about how youthful and beautiful he looks. I think what's good about Carlos is that he has a youthful energy and spirit, so it almost doesn't matter. Out of any topic that we ever get comments or emails or suggestions to, this is by far the most requested follow-up episode. I don't understand why our listeners are so massive. And just I, delight in I totally get it because or maybe they just like putting us through. Yeah, yes. maybe it's, now this is the first time I've ever said this on the podcast, but I actually recommend, I fairly strongly recommend that you don't listen to this, all of our listeners out there. This is so bad, I find it actually painful physically to listen to. It's the worst thing I think I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> it's almost like if you just fed a line of code. No, it's worse. In translated, I think it's sound. It's surprisingly worse than that. It's garbage. And it's this week's track of the week.
it's like the musical equivalent of just a bumbling buffoon. Like, it's just pathetic. Yeah, that is one of the worst things I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Savage! The biggest source of inspiration for them was apparently the Beach Boys. Oh, <laughs> gosh. Oh, my. <laughs> right? <laughs> we have to carry on his legacy. Beach Boys? Uh, I thought you were going to say. Well, that goes without saying. It's all about Beach Boys. All of the incredible tunes he's already composed in both the Mario and Zelda series. I mean, you have enough music to kind of last a lifetime. Yeah. I mean, he's no Brian Wilson, but he's pretty good. Carl, you're going to think I'm crazy, but... I'm starting to kind of understand what they mean by the Beach Boys. I think LA is for... considered the city of dreams. That's where people go to become stars, right? Yeah, sure, right? Uh, sure. I mean, I think that's what the Beach Boys were getting at. Oh, God. <laughs> With their music. We're really excited to spotlight on the composer Chad Sider, and we're actually going to get to talk to Chad a little bit later on. Did you ever get to meet Koji Kondo or some of the composers of that music? Yes, um, I worked with uh, Koji Kondo directly. He gave me notes on all my arrangements and, and fixes oh and everything. God. And we went to Japan to do our first show, and we went out for uh, beer and Thai food together. So. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That is insane. I'm just shaking thinking about that. This may be kind of funny, but if we realized that our recorder stopped and this wasn't actually recorded, I wouldn't be sad at all. Because it's just another excuse to sit around and talk about music that we love. Not so at all. if we had to re-record this episode six or seven times, that's actually It's just a too. bonus that you guys are also listening to this conversation. And I, I, can, I just want to take another time to say, I, I love you too. I love I you too. I feel so fortunate to get to do this with my brothers. It oh, man, means so much. And thank you so much to our wonderful listeners for, you know, giving us an outlet to talk about the music we love every week. You guys are awesome. We're going to let you go. My name is Carl Bergman, and I'm his brother, Will Bergman, and I'm the brother, Marty Bergman. Have a great week, everybody. Peace out. So fun. Wow. Well, such a great tradition. I, I, thanks so much for taking the time to do those. It, it, I know it, it, it always kind of gives you a sense of, uh, you know, nostalgia. Like, How do I do this again? But love it's really just fun. working on these. Yeah, going um, back and listening to all those old memories. I mean, some of the stuff that I, I wasn't able to include, but just really sort of touched me a little bit mm-hmm. was, you know, going back to... Uh, this bonus episode we did uh, before MAGFest a couple years ago, before we got to meet the Kellys, before we met Carlos, before we met and interviewed Manami and just hearing us talk about like what we wanted to accomplish and also hearing kind of like early things of, you know, when James, our nephew, is just a baby and telling stories about like going over there and It's kind of like you're reminiscing about your life too. And it made me realize that, you know, we've been doing this show for like six years now and it, it is a little bit of a time capsule you know we could go back to the summer of 2012 and hear us talk about marty's wedding and what that was like it's pretty wild yeah and and also just thinking about all the wonderful connections and experiences we've had obviously what we've been through in our lives and what we've discovered on the podcast so so i guess the last thing just some parting thoughts here um as we wrap up this episode 300 celebration we just want to thank you so much everyone who's been supporting us and listening to us whether it's been for a month or for five years we we just you know we would not be doing what we're doing still without you guys thank you so much to all of our patrons that's been a great way to offset some of the costs um that you know crop up every single month for website hosting fees and equipment and programs that we need and things like that so that's been really helpful um and i remember when we started the podcast with no one slowly getting one listener five listeners ten listeners there's a time when the only listener was marty (laughs) now to to see where where we've gotten it it's it's been really touching and to meet so many of you at magfest um i'm really excited for this magfest i believe sam griffin is going to be there oh great um, that guitarist and a lot of other great great people uh so really excited to see some of you at at magfest and we're going to be get to perform with a live band and do a panel and so yeah this this is just this podcast has been such a treat uh, for me over the years so yeah, thanks so everybody thanks to all the fans you guys continually make it worth it for all of the effort and hard work that goes into it um, I want to 
take some time to actually have sort of a big thank you to Carl because oh, uh, well. many of you, many of you probably don't realize all the work that he puts into this show, and especially since I'm gone off to college. Uh, the workload of the show has kind of changed and I haven't really been able to help out as much in some of the uh, pre-production and post-production that goes into making these episodes. And Carl has never missed a week. There's never been right. one week where there's been a hitch where an episode has had to come out late, where we haven't had a playlist ready. And I think that's an incredible achievement. I mean, this show has Absolutely. been running straight, producing an episode every single week since September of 2012. That's insane. I mean, and uh, it's something that I'm incredibly proud of, but definitely, Carl, you should be incredibly oh, Will, proud that's of. That's too so. kind. Thank you so here, much. Here. I, I appreciate that. And obviously, I appreciate, you know, every single week, you know, some of the, the new things that you're able to bring to the table and the energy and the knowledge and things that I never even thought about and, and ideas. And, and, and so, yeah, it's, it's really been a great partnership. And, and Marty, you know, being able to come on the show and provide your unique insight and, and wisdom, uh, it's something that a lot of our Always fans have so obviously <laughs> have, have appreciated. Appreciated. The Marty's Corners were a lot of fun. And so it's just whether it's the band or the composing of the podcast, it's it's been a real treat to, to get to be creative there's, with you guys. There's a couple individuals who I, I do want to call out who have really uh, made this show so worthwhile. Um, one of them is our old friend Tim Turry, uh, who now we mentioned Absolutely. last week now is working at Capcom. Tim, I don't know if you're listening to this, but getting to meet you was the gateway to some incredible experiences and opportunities that we're so fortunate to have. I mean, I think meeting you was probably like out of any singular event, what led to the expansion of our audience because I, some of those articles that were written at Game Informer a number of years ago really right. helped kind of like open our podcast to a larger audience and, um, us getting to meet, you know, people like Emily Reese, who was also an incredible help and asset to the show in sort yeah. of some of the early years. Right. All of our incredible fans. I mean, we don't want to start naming people <laughs> because we don't want to open leave that wormhole anybody right. out. Um, but y you all know who you are, and I have to say, Carlos. Yeah, I mean, Carlos is he's been such an incredible. There are fans, and then there's Carlos. Then there's yeah, Carlos. Really family. Like a, yeah, he really yes. is family, and he's been so incredible. You know. He drove out to one of our live shows. Must have been, you know, six, seven hours of driving. Yeah, to get so to supportive in, in real life and in the podcast sphere and sending us yeah. great suggestions. And it's been so fun to see that relationship grow over the years. And with a lot of our uh, kind of digital to real life friends, too, you know, the Kelly brothers and yeah, these people Stephen that... and Brian Kelly, you guys yes. are fantastic. And thank you so getting much. Getting to meet you guys and collaborating on well, podcasting you throughout know, the years. Yeah, it's you just, know, the, I don't know, the world expanding and like Carl mentioned we're just so excited for magfest and um i've really been grateful of what's transpired since the last magfest where now i'm partners with carlos and with matthew tucharoon you made yeah. major third um in one of our sister podcasts heroes three and the three of us haven't been in the same room since since last magfest and yeah and, and i do just want to say the kelly brothers have just been so supportive of us yeah. over the years and we've they've, they've had us on multiple podcasts incredibly generous with their time and their praise and i really can't think of two more genuinely kind people 
uh, in the whole world. I mean, they, they're, I, I want to meet their parents cause they raise some good boys. They're, <laughs> they're really nice people and they're, they're such sweet. Like they're genuinely like when you meet them, they're brothers that don't get in fights and don't get in arguments. Yeah. I can't understand that. I don't know how you could have brothers and not quarrel. Well, here's and the thing. And if everything. there are Gallagher brothers in one part of the universe, then yeah. there must be Kelly brothers. Oh, that's yeah. hilarious. That is the um, polar opposite. Well guys, thank you so much for joining us for this episode. We had a really fun time. Obviously, these are very different episodes change of paces kind of a celebration and a, a nostalgic look back Lastly, so thank i want to you thank so koji kondo because without him there yes would be no and that brings us this. to what we're going to play you thank guys you. out with we're going to cut to um our uh performance of donut lifts from yoshi's island mercado band once again we will be at magfest so i think when we <laughs> upload this it should be uh new year's eve or new year's day when this when this goes up so there's still time to come out to magfest and check us out I think that just about does it. Yeah. Um, we'll leave you with this cover. My name is Carl Brueggemann. I'm Will Brueggemann. I'm Marty Brueggemann. Have a great week, everybody, and a happy new year. Peace out. Peace out.